Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. So today is hopefully an interesting topic for you about awakening. So a lot of the podcasts over the past year have been about deconditioning and cultivating and other interesting philosophical topics and only kind of touching on this topic of awakening or being. And for sure, there's a lot of meditations about being, and we always circle back to that. But finally, here's an episode that unpacks this third part of our three-part method in functional spirituality. So awakening is really what is being pointed to when spiritual systems are talking about enlightenment nirvana, self-realization, but historically it's incredibly confused, incredibly vague, and um, I mean, ultimately, awakening is intimately connected with the trauma of humanity. You know, very often, or after all, the promise of awakening or enlightenment is almost always freedom from suffering. But in our three-part method, we speak very clearly. I mean, the whole point of functional spirituality is about clarifying these concepts so that they can actually become effective in our practice and in our path. And actually, this episode is inspired by because of an email that we received just a couple months ago through the studio, I believe it came as an inquiry, an anonymous email into the studio directed at me that is quite long and like very long-winded and quite accusatory, but written continuously like with the words like this is with love and this is an incredible support, incredible service that's being offered to you. So I would love to read you out the email, but it is quite long. So what we'll do is we'll take a screenshot of the email. And if you don't know, there's always show notes and all of the resources mentioned in the podcast. We always put it on the website. So every episode has a um, web page. Just go to the podcast page on the website and then you can see the relevant information for each episode. And in this one, we'll post a screenshot of that email. But I do want to, I'm just going to bring up the email on my phone because I do want to pick out some bits that we can then kind of, well, it will definitely highlight what I mean by Awakening being a very confused and also captivating topic. So basically, let me just let me just read out a couple of things. You're doing a great disservice if you're hinting at awakening and selling the possibility. Um, it says that anyone will immediately be able to feel you that your energy signature does not carry the energy signature of an awakened being. A lot about, you know, misleading others for profit, <laughs> that um, <laughs> it's very American of you, and that's your programming, but not your fault <laughs> to um, be making these claims, and then rattles off a couple of names of people and teachers in Perth who I know about who have a Buddha field 
and that, you know, I could basically be, I can go around them and then they could become my teacher. The, actually, the subject of the email is finding a teacher. And then the contact email is wake up first, which I think is a fake email. And yeah, that there's a big karmic debt from promising people that they will be awakened, but I'm not yet awakened. And basically, this person could sense by some... I also assume that the reason that this email came in is because they found our silent retreats or something on the internet that spoke about the awakening process. And then they did some further research on me and found a video. And what the email continues to elaborate on is that they could tell by my field that I'm not awakened and, um, you know, I'm promising everyone that I am and that this is a trap and I'll have many karmic debts to repay and um, that I really need to go and be in the field of someone who has a Buddha field. So I know very well the type of language that's being used and the type of teachers that were mentioned in this email do speak a lot about that they are awakened and that they have a Buddha field and all you need to do is kind of sit around them. And I've seen their teachings and gone to visit some of them as well. And so for sure... I don't, I don't act like that. So, you know, some of these other teachers, when they, when they hold space for their offerings and for their community, it's basically them sitting in silence with like a smile on their face and they just gaze over the crowd. And this is super powerful, you know, silence and presence. But that's not how I teach. And I'm also definitely not telling people I'm awakened and that they need to sit in my field. So that really is, I mean, these are the things that actually have inspired functional spirituality is that awakening is actually something that has a rational process behind it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And it's not about following a guru and hoping that they will bestow some kind of transformation upon us. And the biggest issue that I have, what I think is most problematic, is that the transformation that these people are hoping for and that they're being promised. And sometimes the thing is they're not even being promised anything explicitly. It's just these kinds of hints in these teachings about freedom from suffering, and then you'll be free, and then there's joy, and then you'll radiate light. So the promises are vague, but the people themselves don't have a clear idea of what the transformation is. And in fact, they they might have a clear idea when you ask them, but they're just filling in the gaps of the vague promises. So what we want to do is we want to see really clearly what is the promise? What is the outcome being promised to us? What is the path being recommended? Like what's the methodology being recommended to get to that outcome? Do we want that path? Are we willing to take that path? Are we willing to take that outcome? Does the path and the outcome rationally align in our own minds? Are we willing to question those things? And, you know, does it seem reasonable? Does it feel inspiring? And I think, you know, as we mature in our spiritual practice, we start to become less desperate for ambiguous results and results in general, because 
we've actually started to cultivate our own strength, our own knowledge, our own framework, our own experience. So we're not completely abnegating our path and our discernment and our rationality, you know, our thinking to someone else and to a system outside of us. So awakening is a is a term used in spirituality that refers to many different things. And you might use it in different ways already. So there's ways you like to use it. And that is perfectly fine. What the point of this podcast is, is initially clarifying what I'm using the word to describe in the three-part method and then what that means. But for a lot of people, awakening means different things. It means connecting to a self development path. That's when they had their awakening. They realized, oh, actually, I need to cultivate myself. I need to heal myself. Sometimes awakening means when someone has a drastic shift in their life path, they change their job or they connect to a different purpose or they leave a relationship and they might call that an awakening. Of course, it means when we wake up from sleep. And then in the non-dual tradition, which is something that we are considering intimately when we're thinking about awakening. In the non-dual tradition, awakening speaks about the goal of the non-dual path, and it refers to an experience and a cultivation of our awareness. So our awareness, it can be cultivated in a certain way that our attention can turn towards the source of our attention. Normally, our attention is directed externally to the objects of our attention, right? And externally even includes our thoughts and our body and our emotions. Those are objects, even though they're not physical objects, there's still something that appears in front of our attention or in front of our awareness, something that our lens of perception directs outward to. And awakening is the process of, so it's a system, it's a many philosophical ideas, some of which I'm sharing right now. So it's a system of teachings as well as techniques that help us to turn attention back to its source and turn awareness back to its source and in that have a recognition of our being or have a recognition of ourself that stands prior to all of the forms that we normally take ourselves to be. So normally we identify with and we feel that I am happy, I am sad, and we identify with our belief systems and frameworks and stories and memories. And that's how we normally live our life. And it's through an unconscious assumption of this individual self. That's what we take ourselves to be in our daily life, that what I am is my individual self, my personality, or more specifically, a mind-body organism. 
that's what you take yourself to be on a daily basis, an individual mind-body organism. So all the other parts of our spiritual practice, the deconditioning or the healing and the cultivating, everything we do to heal ourselves, everything we do to cultivate ourselves is working on that mind-body organism. It's working on the person. We identify as a person. We consider that that's what I am. But in the non-dual traditions and in traditions that speak about this being nature, this ultimate nature that is beyond a person, these traditions say that the person is, it's what I am, but it's not all that I am. There's something deeper that is more essential to the person that is not personal and its existence itself. It's felt and experienced by the person as being. And it can be considered philosophically, we can understand that, okay, my thoughts are always changing. My emotions are always changing. My body is changing. And they all, they all circle back to each other and support each other. But they're just a circular framework of matter and energy. Is that all that I am? Or what am I? And it's through contemplative meditation and certain techniques of negation and techniques of affirmation. So techniques that remove away everything that I think that I am. And then you see what you're left with, like the self-inquiry of Ramana Maharshi can be used as a negation technique. Or techniques of affirmation where we just affirm being, peace, essence, existence, and we access our deeper being and our deepest layer of our presence and our existence that other way. So there are many ways. This podcast is not about the individual techniques. Maybe we can link in our show notes a couple of meditations that are more specifically working on this awakening part of our three-part method. And so we have this three-part method that says that actually the awakening techniques and the awakening process as spoken about in the non-dual tradition and referring to this recognition of our essence and integration and cultivating a connection and an embodiment of that deepest presence, that part of spirituality is actually different from the techniques and the philosophy that you need for healing. Actually, healing is about the person. It's about our nervous system. It's about our stress and our capacity and our conditions and our freedom to live in our nervous system, integrating and regulating with the world in a way that feels incredible to the person. And then being is a totally different order of techniques and experiences. It's actually about negating the person. It's about stepping outside of the person. How can I see what I really am beyond the person? How can I quieten the experience of my personal experience so much that I reveal the experience of my being. 
And just like in healing and just like in cultivating, so that's part one and part two, part three, awakening, there's going to be best practices like any craft. There's going to be techniques and ideas and teachers that are better at pointing to that reality. And unfortunately, this other brand of awakening teachers, quote unquote, awakening teachers that just sit there with a Buddha field and then kind of every once in a while say some words that sound really heavenly, it can offer and contribute to an experience of being in people and in the crowds sometimes. But it's not really offering a system. It's not offering an explanation that the mind can get motivated and clear and aligned with, and then tools and techniques and a space to practice. And that's what we need if we actually want to pursue awakening. Our spirituality and um, our communities are filled with that archetype of someone who has connected to a spaciousness, maybe not even being, but connected to very often a, a traumatized part of themselves that is so disassociated and spacious. And they've connected to that and they're pairing it with the words that are coming through the teacher. The teacher is expressing a, a disassociation of being really disconnected, don't have access to memories. They're just fully in the present moment. And then there's this strange brand of awakening that doesn't really speak to what does, what does accessing being afford us? That's also such an important question and one that we look at. If it's not about our person, why would we even want being? Why do we want to just leave? Why do we want to leave our person and leave our experience when actually fulfillment and joy and healing and health and ease and relaxation all are experienced by the person? Why do we want to leave? So there's a real refinement needed in our understanding of awakening. And like I said, some people and some systems, some teachers in schools, they use awakening to talk about shadow work. Or they use awakening to talk about a certain form of purpose work. And that's totally fine. But in this case, the um, email that we got was talking about awakening in the same context that we use it here in functional spirituality, but in a very confused way without, you know, and, you know, some people just want to, some people who feel really strongly, they just need to share everything that's on the surface of their mind and do that big dump. And of course, we didn't reply to the email because the email didn't have any real contact attached to it. And it also said, you know, this is just an incredible service that is being offered to you and with lots of love and hope it will help you and guide you and, and things like that. So there wasn't really an invitation for a conversation or to reply, which is totally fine as well. Um, there was a lot to unpack in the, in the initial message we got. So again, people can call whatever work they're doing awakening, and that's absolutely fine. But in this context of non-duality, 
in the context of where people are talking about enlightenment and some kind of ultimate realization that is outside of the personal experience, it becomes very captivating, but also very confusing in terms of what is being promised and what is the method in order to get there and what happens when when that realization starts to land. You know, in our traditional spiritual systems, the ancient spiritual systems, even there, the concept of enlightenment can be very vague and also changes between the systems and inside the systems between teachers. They say that, okay, one person says it's going to give you freedom. The other person says you'll surely not live in this body any longer. The other person says you'll surely never experience karma any longer. The other person says you will surely experience paranormal powers. That's what enlightenment is. It's a siddha and a perfect being and you'll get you know, these certain powers and clairvoyance or whatever. So it's like, we need now to be way more discerning with all of this information, because maybe it wasn't as toxic back then, you just had one teacher telling you things. Now we have input from all the systems, and all the teachers from the past and contemporary. And I promise you, what they're saying does not all conflate together. So you can't just mash them all together into one super understanding and say, see, they're all talking about the same thing from different angles. No, they're actually talking about different things. There's different dogmas and different ideas that do not all relate to each other. And it is possible, it's not too much to ask, to have a really clear, simple explanation of what the path is taking you to, how the techniques works, what you can expect along the way. We actually, it's not too much to ask, it's actually what's really needed because anything less than that causes a lot of confusion and we don't end up anywhere. And this is, you know, if you've heard my story and why we why we have the three-part method and why where functional spirituality came from, it's come from my own crash and burn experiences with spirituality that after practicing for nearly 10 years to actually kind of found myself in a situation where I was so dedicated to certain systems and teachers awakening and otherwise that didn't actually when I kind of woke up I was like oh my god this has not worked I'm in a very shitty situation and none of this makes any sense. I can see where it doesn't actually make sense. Because it was so clear that it didn't work, I was willing to really look at it with all my intelligence that I have and to see what does make sense and what doesn't make sense. So I hope that's helped to clarify and also maybe entertain you a little bit with the messages that we get, but help to clarify a bit more about the third part of our functional spirituality three-part method that spirituality has a healing component where it's about looking at the conditions inside of our system that cause suffering it has a cultivating component that is about what are ways and what is this process of cultivating qualities and crafts that we 
are inspired by and things we aspire to and things that lift us up. And both of those are working on the person. And there's another part entirely, a different pathway, which is about how can I connect to and recognize deeper my essential being? What is that mystery? How can I know it and how can I integrate it into my life's experiences? And on our silent retreats, we have a retreat that is more about deconditioning. So it's really focusing on holding space for the stressed parts of ourselves, for the worried, anxious parts of ourselves, understanding how complex stress and trauma live in our system and letting that melt and resolve and using techniques and tools and frameworks for resolving that stress. And then we also, in our shorter silent retreats, there's a The other type of retreat we have is the awakening retreat. So it's just tools and techniques and frameworks and understandings about how to connect with that deepest stillness and being. And then in our seven-day retreats, the longer retreats, there's enough time to equally address both. And even in the deconditioning and the awakening retreats, we do address the other ones briefly, but there's just a bit more focus on that specific part of the spirituality method. And we also have a facilitator training that is purely about the healing complex trauma inside of ourselves, especially for facilitators who are actually holding so much complex stress internally and externally that it actually leads them to be burnt out in whatever spaces they're holding. And that could be professionally or even just in daily life where we hold so many spaces. We show up in relationship in so many different ways. So there are many different ways in functional spirituality to pick apart the three-part method and to study them so that you can then eventually integrate them as well. So I hope that's been helpful for you and I look forward to hearing your feedback. If you think this would be interesting for someone, please share the podcast episode as we'd love for it to reach more people. And I look forward to speaking to you again in two weeks. Thank you for tuning in to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe by pressing the plus button on iTunes or the following button on Spotify. This is going to ensure that this resource is available and top of mind when you most need it. So please subscribe now.